The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. And this is one I've been wanting to do for a while because 2023 is shaping up as a big year for nickel search. We've had nickel search on the show before, and as you know, they're very busy at the Carling Up project down Ravensthorpe Way in Western Australia. It's all about nickel, and who can't... Uh, you can't do anything but love the nickel price at the moment, $27,700 US a tonne, or $12.51 a pound. Uh, Garen Perro has always thought the nickel sector gets very interesting at around $8 a pound, so here we are at $12.51 a pound. We have Nicole Duncan, the Managing Director of Nickel Search, with us today to give us a, a feel for how this uh, year is shaping up. Uh, the stock is trading under the code NIS, of course. Last had a sale at $0.10. Cents. For a market cap of a little more than $6 million, which again puts it in Garrett Perro's territory of having absolute leverage to expiration success. Uh, having said that, uh, Nickel Search has recently uh, reported some drilling results from the Sexton Prospect. And I'll firstly, I'll say <laughs> welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks for time today. Great to be with you, Barry, as always. Some interesting results from Sexton. Uh, can you just run through them and give the market a feel for what you're onto there? So Sexton, we included in our prospectus when we listed back in October of 2021, and it was included in the prospectus because there was a, a hole that had been drilled there that had encountered two metres of nickel, 1.2% nickel and uh, 0.17% copper. So we knew we had a historical intersection and Mm -hmm. Sexton has therefore been on our radar as a very interesting greenfield target. The Uh, what we had to work through with Sexton was getting the right regulatory approvals because it is quite near to the highway and so it means that we come into main roads territory and road reserve. So we've made sure that we've got the right uh, approvals and we were able Mm -hmm. to drill just just after Christmas, so um, sorry, early in January. And we put four holes into Sexton and in three of those holes we uh, intersected nickel-bearing sulphide. So we were really pleased with, you know, how the drilling, this initial drilling went. Now, uh, there was a, that included six metres of massive and matrix sulphides from 149 mm. metres, assays mm. pending. Mm. Um, how are the assay labs? Uh, you got any idea of turnaround now? So they're still quite busy. Uh, we've been told that we should have our assays back uh, between four and six weeks. So we're looking uh, to have those results back early March. And in the meantime, we're just trying to figure out, uh, you know, what that six-metre intersection is telling us. It's quite near that historical hole and um, it's, you know, it is nickel-bearing. We put the logging codes, uh, Barry, in with the announcement that we made on the 2nd of February and we, you know, noted in the logging codes that we 
encountered pyrite and pyrotite. Mm. Pyrite's not nickel bearing, but pyrotite um, is or can be. So that's why the um, assays are important. I mean, we, we really, you know, it could be violarite, it could be millerite, uh, you know, it's definitely pyrite um, and pyrotite. Mm-hmm. Pentlandite, I'm told, you can't see visually. So pentlandite, we need to get either a thin section done or, um, uh, you know, wait for the assay results. So, you know, we're excited because we've got a six-metre intersection there mm-hmm. and, you know, we know that it's nickel bearing um, and we're just waiting to see, you know, what nickel content will come back from the labs. Obviously, assays pending, so we'll wait for those. But in the meantime, you'll be doing, what, some uh, downhole electromagnetic work to uh, firm up uh, follow-up drilling targets? We've done downhole on all four of the holes we drilled at Sexton. So we're just analysing those results now, Barry, and mm-hmm. um, we'll be looking to announce those really, you know, shortly in um, the next, in this week, I would say. And then, right. you know, we will uh, look to combine that with uh, the assay results in early March because what we'd like to do is get back to Sexton uh, as quickly as possible. So we're starting to plan the next drilling right. program to go so, back into Sexton. So the company's almost got this twin focus of uh, we know the RAV8 uh, or the, the RAV deposits there were historic producers, So, and you've been looking at those uh, in terms of increasing um, the res- resource estimate. And you also have a long list of uh, greenfields targets. Sexton was Sexton one of the greenfields, or was it considered one of the uh, more established targets? Yes, yes, it's one of yeah one of the greenfields. It was included. I don't think that we could, you know, no one could sort of say whether or not that that was an economic target. Like we knew that there was nickel there, but you, you know there was only the one hole uh, that we mm. could find. So you know we didn't really have a sense of how good of a, a, you know, an area that was. So I think the drilling that we've just done uh, can, you know, is looking to confirm that it is a, um, you know, a, a very good target for us and, you know, potentially look to get it into a, a prospect and then, you know, hopefully at some point into a resource, but, you know, that's that's into the future. So uh, I think with something like a six-metre intersection, you know, it's definitely raised itself in terms of importance for us uh, of understanding better. But you're yeah. right, Barry, we have um, over 30 targets um, that we consider green fields. You know, they've had varying degrees of exploration. Most of the exploration on our tenements has been done quite shallow, so looking for nickel laterites, right. um, nothing really at depth. So um, we, you know, we want to come back to all of the areas and look uh, for nickel sulphide, not nickel laterite, and look at what's near surface and what potentially could be um, you know, an open pit versus what's then deeper uh, and, you know, could be, um, sitting like RAV8, somewhere like they went down to around 300 metres. They were open pit until about 150, 130, 150 metres and then they went underground. So, um, you know, it's not it's not particularly deep. Uh, if you look at Forestania, you know, that goes yeah. quite deep, a, mm. a kilometre to a kilometre and a half. We haven't gone anywhere near to those depths yet in terms of understanding what's at Carling up. We're still talking relatively shallow depths here. 
like you said, that six meter interval that was at 149 meters. Um, you know, not not particularly deep. So you've mentioned there you've got <clears throat> testing of uh, well, planning to test up to 30 or more mm. prospects. So what's the forward program in terms of this uh, greenfield exploration strategy? Planning more, uh, to do more in the interim? Definitely. So we've been looking at a number of different areas across the project. So Sexton sits on what we call Carling Up South Trend. Then there's another group called uh, John Ellis West, Wadley and Lipple. They sit on the Carling Up North Trend, which is just sitting to the north, as you'd expect. Uh, and we are looking to get uh, POW approval to go back and drill there. We've got ultrafine soil sample results from that and we've done uh, airborne electromagnetics um, and, you know, different types of testings and it's, you know, a very interesting area for us. So that's another area that is high on our radar. Uh, the, the next uh, area would be what we call B1 and serendipity, which is across on the top of the Ravensthorpe range. And we just announced the soil sampling has been completed there. We've done ultrafine soil sampling and we are waiting those results as well. So we're looking to get those in about mid-March. I think the ultrafine soil sampling, they're about seven to eight weeks in terms of turnaround. But again, at Serendipity and B1, there's been a little bit of drilling um, where, you know, there was a six metre at 1% of nickel and a five metre of 1.1% um, nickel. So, you know, there is some very good, interesting signs there. And then the fourth area would be getting it into the Ravensthorpe range itself, which is pretty underexplored for nickel. Uh, it's been an area that's uh, ex been explored for gold, but mm -hmm. I don't believe much work has been done for nickel. So we're going to start uh, in the Ravensthorpe range to the northern part with doing ultrafine soil sampling and then look to identify you know, where we might be able to drill and get the ball rolling on the approvals for that. So, you know, we've got a, a over 30 targets and we're just going to methodically work through them where, as you'd expect, we're pro um, prioritising the highest priority targets now. Uh, and, you know, one thing that we do get impacted by in Ravensthorpe is the wetter months. So that would be in the winter. So July and August are quite wet and it is a farming country. So, mm. you know, it's a bit difficult to get the drill rigs in there during those wetter months. You mentioned Barry Rav8. The Rav8's really interesting because, um, you know, when Tectonic mined that, they they finished in 2007. Uh, I think that they had identified a whole bunch of work that they wanted to do, but um, the nickel price, as you well know, mm. it turned and, um, you know, the market uh, really suffered for a few years. So we want to get back into Rav8 and have a dedicated Rav8 uh, ex, you know, brownfield exploration program, which we can do in the winter months because it's already cleared land. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking to the teams looking to create a more consistent uh, drilling program so that we can, you know, we have drilling to do throughout the year. And just <clears throat> the company um, reports mm -hmm. a 171,000 tonne nickel resource. 
Yep. Just for those listening who aren't aware where that is, is that essentially RAV8? So part of it is around RAV8, um, but I'd step back a bit from that. Half of it, roughly half, is a, is laterite. So uh, we wouldn't be the obvious candidate to process laterite nickel. That's a very different um, uh, processing route. So the you know we are neighbours with First Quantum who who process nickel laterite, and indeed the the John Ellis laterite deposit that we have that resource it's an extension of Nidabilip, which is the first quantum resource right. so we just have the extension of their known resource mm-hmm. so you know we would look to do a transaction with uh, first quantum and you know in order to you know get them the laterite that they can process so that's about half of those resources barry mm-hmm. of the other half the lion's share sits in rav8 and then um, there's some tons sitting in rav1 4 and 4 west uh, those are nickel sulfide rav8 and rav1 4 and 4 west are nickel sulfide but relatively low grade so rav8 was mined by tectonic and they had a cutoff of one percent Uh, So our resource is, you know, there's some high grade there, but it's primarily the disseminated lower grade halo that sat around the high grade resource uh, and, you know, was just left at surface or in the ground because Tectonic only chased anything over 1%. And then the RAV1, 4 and 4 West is relatively shallow. So, you know, we're only looking at, um, you know, uh, what what's sitting close to surface? Yep. Again, what's sitting close to surface is pretty low grade. So the the trick with that, um, you know, and that's an that that's at a that's good level of nickel. So um, you know, we're interested in how we commercialize those resources. The trick with them, though, is that they don't float. So nickel is usually separated from the rock by uh, adding chemicals and putting it through a flotation tank. But um, mm-hmm. most of this nickel sits in violarite, which unfortunately doesn't float. So we are applying a known method uh, of heap leach to the um, nickel. And so far it's responding well. So when I say it's a known method, Barry, it's used quite a lot in copper, low-grade copper. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's how low-grade copper is released from from the rock and also terra farme in Finland, they're um, using nickel bacterial heap leaching to, uh, you know, uh, free their nickel as well and that's going quite well for them. So uh, we're trying to find a pathway, a processing pathway to liberate that, you know, those tonnes of nickel and get them right. onto the market. Yeah, it's, well, it's become very interesting because we talk about low-grade nickel but when we have $27,000 US a tonne sort of prices... Yep. Uh, that's a big enough incentive to come up with a, a modern-day processing route that can hopefully generate some value down the track. Exactly, exactly. And when you, I mean, you you know better than I, you know, the amount of nickel that would be sitting at surface or sitting on surface from uh, nickel, you know, nickel mines because it was all below 1% and economically not worth uh, liberating. So, you know, at a high nickel price and an ability to liberate, um, you, you know, that type of um, nickel from those types of rocks, you know, it, 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 it makes a compelling value proposition. When you look at 
a long-term demand for nickel in the electrification, not just electric vehicles, but just mm. generally electrification, you know, it looks like there's going to be a good healthy demand for nickel for some years yet. So this is a way of finding more nickel that's already been discovered, isn't it? Um, yeah. In the absence of any type of, you know, a fresh, true, high-grade nickel sulfide discovery. I mentioned the modest market cap currently of $6 mm. million for the ordinary shares. And you were just talking there about nickel, uh, you know, BHP can't get enough of the stuff, Rio Tinto, same thing. It's the preferred metal, one of the preferred battery metal choices of all the big miners and lots of other people. It's not just about the lithium, of course. I was just wondering, are you feeling exposed or, that, you know, to someone coming in and saying, well, We'll take that project, thanks, because it's, <laughs> it's not a big capital outlay with a $6 million market cap, is it? Yeah, that's right. Look, uh, I guess at the point is that you're always exposed. So, mm. um, you know, you can never get away from that. And the way that I've approaching, I've approached that through my career is, you know, you just run the business as best yeah. you can and, you know, the market will de determine what happens. So... Mm. Um, you know, what our job to do is to show that there, you know, there is nickel at carling up and that's through consistent, systematic uh, exploration and drilling, you know, at carling up. And then it's to show, you know, that we do have a processing pathway to commercialise the nickel we have. So we've just got to stick to our job. And then if, um, you know, if, if that looks interesting to another nickel play well that's that's great our job is to create value for shareholders and you know that's what we will be focused on but we primarily will do that through um you know the actual exploration itself yeah which is very much an unfolding story mm. Um, mm. and there's the market uh given nickel prices and everyone understands the battery metal thematic a good nickel exploration hit um can work wonders on market cap so yes yeah so who knows what's uh, to come the rest of this year? Mm. And I dare say, what comes of that six uh, six meter uh, pitch you had recently? So yes. just just to uh, bring it all together, can we give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for as twenty twenty three unfolds? Definitely a succession of drilling reporting. So that will look mm. like. Uh, successful applications for all the approvals that we need, you know, uh, mobilising the uh, drill rigs to site, success successfully completing the drilling and then getting the assay results. So we should just have a rolling basis of that type of work being communicated back to the market. And given that we, you know, want to have a program focused on RAV8, we should be able to do that all year round rather than having to take a, a pause over the winter months. So it's really just, uh, you know, and that's what the team's focused on is just getting that engine running of, you know, just constantly starting to do drilling for greenfield discovery. Well, there we go, folks. A $6 million company with a very active drilling program. So we're going to get a rolling news flow throughout the year. And as well as uh, more work looking to commercialise the known nickel resource there. So, uh, interesting story, as always. So, Nicole, thanks for your time today. Good luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Great. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate your time. Cheers. Cheers.